welcome to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast where I do reviews, discussions, musings, and hopefully some interesting conversations. Is there such a thing as a dead RPG? Something that no one else is playing or reading or having anything to do with anymore? I don't know. That's the um, <clears throat> that's what I've been thinking about today. There are games that come out to huge, huge hype, like Numenera, for example, or Blades in the Dark. And then after they're out and people have tried them, you don't hear very much about them. Now, maybe I'm not looking in the right places, or maybe I'm, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just missing it, but... Uh, There are certain games that come out to huge applause and then vanish, effectively. And then there are games that came out a long time ago and have been brought back to huge acclaim and they seem to carry on. The one game that seems to be constant in one form or another is, of course, D&D. Fifth edition came out and... (coughs) It drew me in. It was the reason I started really started playing. It was new, it was fresh, the uh, books were on every shelf, and I could get it. And I got it, and I tried it, and I liked it, but when I found that there were other games out there, and that I liked those better, I carried on with them, rather than D&D. And... I very quickly discovered that um, you try and get a game going of Fate or Blades in the Dark or something like that, and you're going to have a harder time of it than if you tried to get a game of D&D going. And, I don't know, it's it's quite sad, really, because to my mind, Blades in the Dark is a far better more interesting and for me personally a far more a far better fit uh, than D&D 5th edition it uh, it just calls to me I want to run that game I want to uh, run a campaign of that game I, I could see myself running that game very consistently with the right group but finding that group oh that's been tricky there are games that uh, appear and then vanish. And it's very strange. There are so many games out there now. Uh, when I first started, I thought, oh, there's D&D, and then there's, there's uh, Call of Cthulhu, and there's a couple of others. But, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There's such a, uh, a wider selection of them. And I look at my shelf and what's on it, and I think about the games that I have that really have legs that uh, I could see myself running consistently. And I've tried to only buy games that I think I could run for a campaign, rather than just for a one-shot. And I look at some of my recent acquisitions, and I could run Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition consistently forever with the right group. I could run... uh, what, What have I got now? I could run RuneQuest... I could run that and never really run out. 
I'm trying to, um, you know, I, I'm an addict, what can I say? I try and get, uh, you know, something new comes out and I like the look of it and I try and get it. But I'm going to try, <laughs> you heard it here first, I'm going to try and um, go a different way. I'm going to try and get systems or get uh, books this year that are either directly connected to a system that I already own in order to enhance that system. Like, uh, I want to get Pulp Cthulhu, which uh, definitely appeals to me. But I'm going to try and hold off on the... Um, hold off on the, the brand new Shiny and see, uh, see if it's got legs. See if it's something that... Uh, I could really, uh, I could really run for a while. Because I thought that was Numenera. I, I liked the system. I got all the books for it at one point. But then I realised that I read the books and I read the setting material, and that running that game was hard work. You had to. Uh, the, the main problem is that it's set a billion years in the future. There's uh, so much going on, so much weird technology and science fantasy, and all that's great. But the main problem in Numenera is what is normal for the PCs and what is remarkable. And you could tell the, the players that there's this suspended, floating gantry that's connected to an interdimensional bridge. And unless you signal to the players, at that point you have to signal to the players, this is a normal thing that's been here for a thousand years and people are used to it, your characters would be used to it, or you have to say, no, 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 this is weird, this is, this is strange. If everything is strange, then nothing is strange. And uh, it's, it's tricky, tricky to run. Run well. It, it could be. Uh, it could be a great system, but um, I, I found it a bit lacking long term. Which is strange because you've got a game like Blades in the Dark, which is very, very light, very straightforward. Only a certain number of you know character concepts and playbooks, and a very very small setting, I mean, one city, that is the entirety of the setting, and yet I could see myself running that for forever with the right group. I would change the setting and I, I would change the, uh, the city, I would advance the timeline, but it's freeing. I, I feel like I could, um, uh, I feel like I could work with that. I feel like that with 13th Age as well, that the core, uh, the core setting, I could run with that. I could, uh, I could give that a go. Uh, because there's not, that much, there's not that much to it to begin with. And I suppose my question for all of you is, what are your, what are your evergreen systems? What are your settings, your games, that have got legs that you just, you know, with the right group, you could run this forever? And are those games fundamentally uh, simple in design, or are they more complex, or do does it depend? Uh, I'd be interested to hear uh, 
what, is, what, are your, what are your systems of choice and why? You've been listening to Those Feckin' Books, an RPG podcast. If you've uh, got any um, suggestions for topics I should cover or any um, comments, uh, commentary, uh, send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you.